For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Good morning, and welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher, and my co-host today is Kim Reynolds. Jeff C. is in the control room and handling our simulcasts, and Grace Duffy is our show producer. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover the social media news that broke in the last few days. The sponsor for this episode is Social Media Marketing World. You can find out more about that amazing conference that we put on annually at smmw18.com. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Facebook stories on desktop with Jeff C., Facebook ad updates with Amanda Bond, and more breaking social media news of the week. You can get this show on your calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. You can share this if you're happening to watch it on Facebook. And ta-da, the Social Media Marketing Talk Show is now an audio podcast too. You can find it in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, with new episodes showing up in your feed every Monday. Oh, and by the way, check out our show recap, which is detailed show notes for this by going over to socialmediaexaminer.com every Saturday. There's a breakdown, all the news we covered, screenshots, links to where you can dig in and get more. So with all that said, let's get going and talk about the first segment. Welcome to the show, Jeff C. Hello, Eric Fisher and Kim Reynolds. I am excited to be here. Thanks for having (laughs) me on again. So you and I talked about this a little bit earlier this week, but there was... Uh, wave one and then wave two of Mm -hmm. some pretty important news for marketers in terms of this whole stories thing that's going on. And this time it had to do with Facebook stories. So walk us through this, fill us in what's going on. It's kind of confusing because, you know, stories has now become kind of the thing you, you use the term you use to say you're sharing part of your day. Like, you know, it's Instagram stories and Facebook stories and Snapchat. I mean, it's, so it's, it's kind of used for this new medium that we're using. Uh, but we want to give a, a shout out to Carlos Gill because he's the one who yeah. actually uh, found this for us and alerted us to us. And, you know, we went live earlier this week, but uh, Carlos uh, broke this news, first of all. But um, the thing is, is when Facebook stories launched globally in March, you could only share to your friends or, you know, a group of them. Now, if you allow public followers, um, you can post your story publicly so everyone can watch. So that's kind of the big first kind of news uh, that we're talking about. Um, and we're going to walk you guys through how you can actually turn this on and uh, to make sure that you're, you know, you have the, the settings the correct way. So we've got some screenshots here. And this 
is Michael Stelzner. When he heard the news from Carlos, they jumped right on this and we did some, um, he did some screen shares and screen caps of this. Um, so, so to make this, the, the uh, Facebook story first public, you first need to create a story and then you tap on the add to story button and then you post a photo or video. Then you have to view your own story and tap at the very, very top. There's these three dots. You tap those three dots. That's kind of the more button and it's on the top right. So then you open your edit story settings, which is the, you see the button here on the screen. It's a little gear and it says edit story settings. You click on that and you open that settings and you change it from friends to public. And that's pretty, pretty simple on, on what you do. Now, the thing is, is when you, all your, when you turn that switch on all your existing Facebook stories from the last 24 hours, plus any you share from then on will be publicly visible to everyone. So make sure if you, you know, you have something that you only want your friends to see, make sure you go back in and turn that off or else everybody uh, who follows you can see that public story. So um, just like normal, you can tap the viewer account to see the names of friends who viewed your story and you can count all the additional followers, um, you know, who saw it. And so it's, it's, it's a cool feature. Um, here's the, the, and you can kind of go through the next screen there, Kim, um, and we can show you what it looks like. There's, there's the screen right there. You have the option of friends and public. Those are the only two options you have. And then a save button. Um, you just select that and go to the, go to the next screen, Kim, if you would. Um, there's, it's going to give you a warning. It says, you know, you want to change your story uh, privacy because, you know, everything that you've done before is going to go to everyone. So that's the screen that you will change it, change story privacy. And then what it shows up is you can see, um, here's one that Mike posted where he's got some stuff uh, scratched out and you can see that. And then what it'll do is it'll show you who has seen that story on that next screen that we have there, Kim. So that's, that's, it's pretty simple. Uh, I know everybody is asking. Um, the yeah, you know, the, there's the, there's there's a couple of question. obvious questions. The first one yeah. being, when is this coming to Pages? Uh, they say that they don't they don't know that yet. They're not ready to release that information. Of course, I think some of the reason why is because you know they really haven't given out any numbers on how many people are using like Messenger Day or this Facebook Stories. And to be honest. This news they said had been had been um, like that way for a couple of weeks. They had been testing it, and nobody knew about it yeah. because a lot of people figure that. And Tech TechCrunch for this article was at kind of said, "Well, it's because people don't use it that much." So the interesting thing is, I don't think they will turn it on for pages until they make sure it's it's useful because you know <laughs> marketers see things and they just like, "Oh, pretty," and they jump in <laughs> on it, you know, and. Then they could just be, then it could kill it even worse and and never give it any legs. So I think that's they're going to wait to make really sure that it's something people will use. At least that's my personal opinion. Yeah, that, that was one of the other things that we had discussed earlier this week was the fact that uh, for me personally, uh, up until this point, which we will we have a whole other second set of news that comes along with this Facebook Stories news, is that Facebook Stories was primarily a mobile experience that you could only get to it on the Facebook mobile app. And so I would open up my Facebook uh, mobile app and at the top of the screen, I would see those round circles like you used to only see on Instagram stories. And 
it would indicate, you know, I'd see maybe three out of five or so of the bubbles where somebody had actually used it recently. And so I got the, I always got the impression, and I think a lot of other people do too, that for the most part, consumers are not using this feature as much as Facebook maybe wants them to, and that marketers are maybe the ones who really want it. And again, (laughs) there's a pro and con there because if Right. You're, if they did roll this out to pages right now, my assumption would be we would see some pages and they'd be right there up at the top and you'd see then right. a ton of pages start using it, but then that's all it would be. And I think that would maybe yeah. turn us off to this feature. What do you think? Yeah, and yeah, I think so. And also um, TechCrunch pointed out that journalists have have like that have big followers on their articles for Facebook could use stories for like, you know, commentary and monologues and screenshots and interviews. But they said if they're not careful, how it ranks stories from public figures and web celebrities, you know, just like we mentioned about marketers, they could overrun stories too and kind of kill it before it gets started. So I think they're really doing that balancing act of trying to figure out, you know, how is this going to work? And, and, and that leads in right to our next section. They are testing stories on desktop. But before I jump into that, I want, I want to, I want to break this down a little bit because I think this is really interesting. So, the first five months, Instagram stories have soared to 150 million, million daily users. So that's Instagram. Yes. And so it now has 250 million daily users compared to Snapchat's 166 million. So, uh, and also they announced this week that Instagram's average users has climbed to 32 minutes per day for those under 25 and 24 minutes per day for those 25 and up, which I thought was really interesting. And also that businesses, have used stories in the last week. I mean, they the average to do like one a week. So even businesses are using it, but they're testing this new feature out, um, I think, to see if we can get some more people to watch these stories. Um, I still don't have it. If you guys have the, the uh, stories feature now on desktop, where you can see the stories on desktop, let us know in the comments because um, I don't have it. I don't really know of anybody else having, having it, but they also mentioned that it's coming to uh, not just U.S., that they're seeing it uh, beyond the U.S. as well. So they're testing it multiple places. But so, here's the feature. Yeah. So yeah. the feature, essentially, if you're looking at your Facebook, uh, wh- you know, your opening page on Facebook when you first go to it on a desktop, what you're going right. to see if you have it is, according to this test, is that you would see it in the upper right kind of where you would used to see maybe birthdays or other right. pieces of information. Uh, it's it's a little box there, and it's very similar to what it looks like on uh, the mobile device. But if you were right. to take the mobile device and then spread it out, like um, what's the right. what's the term when uh, responsive design? It's right. like responsive design. If you took the mobile app and then spread it out on a desktop and that section of uh, – Facebook stories up at the very top of your newsfeed on mobile, then gets pushed over underneath your notifications and your, you know, your name, your home feed, uh, your friend right. requests, your messages, all that kind of stuff. And it, and it looks very similar. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's supposed to be kind of moved over. So it's less intrusive, like than the mobile and, you know, a small question mark icon appears on the stories module as well, which kind of explains it to people who like, what is this? So they're trying to like <laughs> onboard people a little bit. Um, but it does it does the same thing. It states that, you know, stories consist of photos and videos that are available for only 24 hours before they disappear. Um, and so TechCrunch has confirmed with Facebook 
that the launch on desktop is still considered a test, but a wider rollout is expected soon. So, um, you know, it's it's still unclear, you know, how this is going to work for people, if they're going to use it. Um, there's only so many places where people are going to post this kind of content. And a lot of people already are doing it to Instagram stories. Right. So tech trick crunch wonders. And I wonder as well, how long before Facebook goes, okay, yeah, that, you know, let's replace, replace it with Instagram stories, which I think would be, to be honest, the best thing. If we could have Instagram stories show up on Facebook, I I think that would, that would be awesome. And I think people, you know, one place, I mean, we got all these places now to do stories. I mean, I get confused between messenger day, Facebook stories, you know, Instagram. I mean, it's, it's confusing. And so if they streamline it to one, I think then people would use it a lot more. Yeah. I think that's the other key piece there is messenger day, which is the equivalency of Facebook stories, but inside of Facebook Messenger only right. is even more right. of a convolute. And, and the thing is, is we're, we are literally talking about three different Facebook properties here. Right. And they're now testing the de- stories on desktop when even Instagram doesn't have a desktop viewing feature for Instagram stories. Right. So, and, and the last I, I played with Messenger Day, Messenger Day, and Face, there. I mean, the filters are a little different, and you know, the stickers are different, and it's just like, come on, get together, <laughs> just do it all at once. You know, I just think it'd be a lot more efficient. And I mean, the thing is, is is um, businesses are already using stories. They 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 said that in that report that they're using it. You know, at least once a week, most businesses are on Instagram, well, and and so why not use that? And why would you want, yeah. even if it rolls out the pages? If people aren't looking at it, what does it matter? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when you say businesses are using stories, do you, are you meaning uh, in general, like an Instagram stories and Snapchat? Are you just talking Instagram? Like, are I'm you just, talking all platforms saying, that have stories or? This is from Facebook. So I'm assuming it's from Instagram okay. because okay. they can tell. And I believe it's only business accounts. I would assume that's the only way they can tell it's a business. So I'm thinking Instagram business accounts are using Instagram stories at least once a week, which makes sense to me because, you know, I've seen a lot of business on there and I don't hate it. So, I mean, the only thing is, is I think Facebook may really double down because we've talked about this before is they're running out of ad space and you know, eventually this is going to be a place for ads. So having all these properties, you know, may help them with their investors saying, Hey, we're going to roll out ads here, here, and here, you know, which to me really dilutes the user experience, but, I have a feeling that's why they're holding on so hard. Two more thoughts. One, um, there's probably a lot of business. Uh, there's probably a lot of businesses out there using Instagram stories that have not yet converted their account over to a business account. So I'm thinking that that number of businesses using Instagram stories is probably a much larger number than they can even necessarily track. Number two, uh, yeah, Instagram stories ads is becoming a thing. I've seen a few now, finally, for a while I hadn't. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, to have those interstitched in between other stories that you're watching on desktop on Facebook could be yet another ad play. That's a great insight. And, and I think also that there's going to be a lot more people now because of the ability to target your Instagram audience now that Amanda Bond talk, talked about. She's probably going to mention today later on the show. Mm-hmm. But that's going to cause a lot more people going, hey, I want that. 
So I'm going to switch over to a Facebook business account for an Instagram business account so I can have that tie in with the ads from Facebook. So I just think that's going to cause they're going to be given more features and more people giving more reasons for people to um, switch to an Instagram business account because of some of these extra features they're doing. Uh, Lowell brought up a, a good comment in over here on, on Crowdcast. He says, I found that fewer people, my friends use stories on Facebook. Uh, they post just as they always did. But on Instagram stories, it's getting more play. And that's, again, I think is true because, you know, why businesses are are struggling anyway, trying to put out content. And if they have to do it three different places and it's already working on Instagram and they don't have to, you know, and they have access to it, then when it, you know, switching, I don't think it's going to make much sense for them. So. That's just, I think that's a good thought by Lowell. Yeah. And, and uh, two other comments that I've seen, uh, one from Sean, he says that 99% of his co- uh, clients have not converted their Instagram accounts to business accounts. And then Kate says she hasn't switched any of hers over because you have to pay to play or be seen. Now, we've not necessarily seen that, though we have switched ours over on uh, Instagram.com slash SM Examiner, but we do get a ton more analytics from doing that. So. Right. This is and all, I haven't, and yeah. to be honest, I haven't switched either because I didn't want to do the pay for play. <laughs> right. But with some of this stuff now that I can target my, because, you know, my Instagram seems to be growing faster than, you know, my Facebook page. And so why wouldn't I switch it over so I can, you know, as smart as hopefully I'm a smart marketer, I can target those people when I'm running stuff for my Facebook ads. So it, there is, you know, at first it was, there wasn't a big reason for me to, you know, switch stuff over because I knew. Facebook has done this before. It gives us free stuff and then starts charging for it. So I knew that was what they're going to do. But now it's like, I, I might do that because that some of that value is coming in there for having it to be an Instagram business account. So do you, it's really, really interesting. How that's do you think that because Instagram stories or stories in general, that type of content, it's typically vertical video or imagery that is mobile optimized. Do you think people really want to have the ability to watch that content on a desktop? That's a good question. Um, And it's, and it's hard to create, you know, like produce stuff. um, Like we've talked about this before is it for video um, that looks good. Cause it's a whole different animal doing vertical video. It's a whole different way you lay out stuff. Um, And so it's more organic, you know, Mm -hmm. video, vertical video to me, has always been more organic. It's, you know, like behind the scenes, it's this kind of stuff. So that fits really perfect for, um, you know, Instagram stories. I think, you know, it depends on how they do it. Um, it, it, it may be a, a big problem, but it may not matter either because, um, you know, we're all, we're marketers. And we're like, oh, we can have it on the desktop. Does the average user even care? Really? True. I mean, yeah. because most of them are on their phone and, you know, we, we see all everything starting to be optimized for mobile and, you know, everyone's talking about turn on your captions so people can, you know, if they're not listening to the sound. So, it may be something that we're, you know, all excited about. We could have it on desktop and it may not really matter to our bottom line. I mean, or, you know, the the, the amount of time we're going to spend trying to figure this out and, and trying to make everything work and, you know, designing stuff for it. It may not matter because people are going to mobile anyway. So yeah. I, I just would be careful on some of this stuff. And I know we like, you know, squirrel, we're, you know, we're trying to <laughs> find the, the, the coolest thing, but sometimes it may be what better to just kind of sit back and wait and see. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jeff, thank you for those insights and for bringing us this coverage. Where can people find you? They can always find me everywhere on the web at Jeff and the last name spelled S-I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. And also at manlypinterstips.com, where we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. 
Awesome, Jeff. Thanks you. Thank you so much for being here. Bye, Jeff. Awesome. So yeah, basically when it comes down to it, there is still tons of changes when it comes to this stuff. It's a a not, it's not going to stop. In other words, it's, it's not going to pause. It's not going to, and uh, again, they're testing it. So you will start to continue to see that uh, morphing. (laughs) I'm sure Uh, most of us haven't even seen this show up yet, but uh, that's why you have to come to social media marketing world because we have people, we have speakers who are changing their slide decks, you know, Uh, much to the chagrin of some of our people that work behind the scenes, (laughs) but they are on top of it and up to date up to the last minute so that at Social Media Marketing World, you walk away with all this actionable stuff and can work on this stuff and and start working with it. So anyway, check out more about Social Media Marketing World, SMMW, SMMW, I got to say it slower, SMMW18.com. And with that, welcome to the show, Amanda Bonds. Thank you, guys. I'm getting all fired up over here listening to this instrument <laughs> conversation. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's so fascinating, especially I always just want to call people out who who are still thinking in that mindset of, okay, if I switch over to a business account, it's pay to play. Mm, I, I want to challenge that thought always because what happens is usually people will switch over to a business account and then start talking really robotic to their audience. And so it's not the business account that lets the reach go down. It's actually the way that we start engaging with our audience when you're using business profiles on Facebook or on Instagram. So um, I'm, I'm just loving the idea of imagine your stories came over to Facebook and you could have this like cross-platform conversation everywhere. Yeah. It would be amazing. That, that is a great point. I hadn't thought about that. I'm sure people are like, wait a second, I don't have to talk like a business to be a business. Is, right? Isn't that the whole point of social media? Really? Isn't that kind I of the, the paradigm shift we were supposed to have had by now? So <laughs> we could have a whole session on how to, how to use your voice in social media, how to determine your voice and how to project your voice in social media. Absolutely. And I I was here two weeks ago chatting about the new functionality to be able to retarget your Instagram users. And I love that because now we can start putting ads in front of the people that are engaging with our page. And so it's no longer just about that follower count. It's really about that engagement. And this week's tips, I'm so excited because we're talking about all the things we've got We've got updates for advertisers. We've got updates for creators. We've got updates for the Facebook user and for app publishers. So this week, I'm super excited to break down what we have going. But let's reference back to Instagram retargeting. We now have a new way to create custom engagement audiences on Facebook. So that is, is Facebook custom audiences based on interactions with page events. Now, this one actually threw me for a loop at first because as a Facebook advertiser, the word event in my head Mm -hmm. is associated with like a standard event, which is something that has to do with the Facebook pixel. And so at first I was like, oh, It's just a UX update because this already exists in Facebook where we can take anyone who completed a registration or anyone who made a purchase and put that into a custom audience. That already has been in existence for a while. But upon looking into it further, it's a new functionality that I'm super excited for, especially because of local businesses and the way that they use 
actual events on Facebook. So what I mean is you're going, you have a, you have an, a, a local event, let's say, where you're going to create that event on Facebook and then invite people to go to it. Before, this was something that we could create with our personal pages. And then there's really nothing that we could do. So other than just like invite people to come to the event, they would say, yes, sometimes I'm going, sometimes I'm interested, sometimes I can't make it. But now from a business standpoint, Facebook realizes, hey, our business pages are using these events quite a lot. So let's, you know, let's get in front of the people who are saying yes, who are saying maybe, and be able to retarget them. So when you're in Facebook Ads Manager and you go to your audience tab, and what you're going to see is at the bottom, there's going to be four options when you go to create that new audience. And it's going to be under the engagement option. And this is the pop-up that comes um, when once we click there. So you can see second to last, we were chatting about that Instagram business profile last time. This time, it's all about that event. So when you click on that event button, what's going to happen is you're going to be able to select people who responded, yes, I'm going to your event, or I'm interested in going to your event, or a combination of both. So for our Facebook advertisers, you know, anyone who showed up to an event or who expressed interest in one of your events for the business in the last 180 days, we're going to be able to serve ads to them again in the future. Facebook's going to just automatically collect that information. So it's really cool because all of the, the warm audience retargeting options are yeah. expanding. That, that sounds great. I mean, we obviously know that people, you've hit it, hit the nail on the head there with the word warm because they've expressed either a yes, like that, yeah, I'm going, or a maybe. Is there not an option for the no? Right. There's not. There's not. Facebook's like, well, they don't like you that much. They they don't want your event. We're not going to let you target them. And that's actually pretty smart on their part. Absolutely. I I get excited because I think about like the potential of what you can do here. So I just saw somebody, uh, Jed in the comments said, you know, this is pure gold for social media Mm -hmm. marketing world because you, you create that event on Facebook. You see who's going, you see who's interested, and then you can follow up with these people before the event. You can follow up with these people during the event, and you can follow up with them in their news feeds, in their ads, on Instagram, you know, wherever you want to take advantage of the the advertising network, you can get in front of them again with relevant content, with complimentary offers, with, you know, let's take this relationship even further. So it just excites the heck out of me for all all advertisers to know, especially because local businesses are using this a lot. People who don't have automated sales funnels and are doing business digitally. So this is just helping those people who use tools that have been around for a really long time and introducing ways to actually implement that in your business. So that one fires me up. Yeah. I'm thinking about the fact that like, say a local business has an actual event Uh, a physical event and an event on Facebook and the people that are at the physical event check in with the Facebook event and then you know who was there and then you can retarget those people saying, Hey, we're having another one Yeah, and get them in the store. That's brilliant. It's that easy. And I mean, I can't believe if you think about it, like how did this not exist beforehand? But in, in two weeks we've had 
two new warm retargeting audiences become available. So if you're an advertiser on Facebook, the changes are just so rapid right now and it's an exciting time. So that one um, I'm loving. Okay. So the next one let's move on to, which is an update for creators and Facebook users. Okay. So creators by creators, I mean, people who are creating unique and original video content for the platform. And then users in terms of people who are sharing the creator's content. And I am really excited about this update because it takes data and it takes video, which, and you know, they're putting it together. And this is what the update's all about. So Facebook is updating the ability to look at your reshare insights and metrics. Okay. That sounds a little bit complicated. So back, backstory, Facebook loves video. They want to keep people on the platform. They want to keep people engaged. They want creators to continue to bring unique content to the platform because it keeps everyone here. So Facebook wants to really appease those who are creating that content. And they were getting a lot of feedback from those creators that anyone who shared a video from their business page was getting access to too much information, they thought, right? Like you, you make the video, you put all this effort into it and you get the data and analytics. But then anyone who shared it out to their, like another business page was also getting all that in-depth data, like the retention rate graphs. Right. So you could see exactly where in the video people were dropping off or, you know, like who's clicking and doing autoplay versus clicking to play. Uh, how many people are unique viewers, repeat viewers. It was quite a lot of information that just anyone who clicked the share button was getting access. So, to. so in other words, they were almost stealth, I don't know, stalking the business that they like, we could strategically go, Hey, they've got this video, let's share it. And then we get all the insights that they would so that then we can learn how to do our videos better off their content. Exactly. And so Facebook wants pretty brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't do it anymore. So if you were doing that, I hope you got all the data that you needed (laughs) anymore. But so what Facebook's doing is they're increasing the data that the creators have access to keep enticing them to bring it over to the platform. And they're simplifying and streamlining what the resharers have access to. So as a resharer, I just looked and I shared um, a, a video from another page onto my business page. And I've already got the resharer data. So it's cool. already in a simplified view. It should be rolled out to most pace, pages by now. Now. And it's just it's just quite a simple view. So you get to find out the reach from shares. You get to know how many people watch the share of the video. So it's no longer showing like all the other views that are happening. Uh, it'll show you the likes and comments that are happening on that share. And as well, any negative feedback that your page may have received from sharing somebody's video out there. So it's just like the streamlined view, not not much information, but enough information as somebody who has a business page to make a decision. Is this content that is relevant to my audience to share again? Yeah. So in other words, it's not giving you the insights that, in other words, it's telling you how well it did for your page, not for the main page. 
Exactly. And that's great for us social media marketers because we can then feel better about sharing somebody else's content video-wise and know how well that fits for our page specifically. Exactly. Okay. And so, yeah, I, I love that. I love that perspective because now it's no longer, okay, this is what social media examiner as a page, this is what their results are. It's when I share this to my audience, how engaged is my audience? And you know, we're talking about Facebook ad retargeting audience before. Your page engagement audience is one of those audiences that you can retarget to. So you can select, hey, I'd like to target anyone who's interacted with my page, whether it be like comments or shares. So we want to know, is the content we're sharing relevant? If the answer is yes, keep doing it. Yeah. All right. So what's this last piece of news we've got to cover? Okay. So this last piece of news, it does only apply to app publishers. So everyone else, like just take some time, make some comments, give us like emoji high fives across share the, the show. Yeah. Share the <laughs> show. Very yeah. nice. Um, but this last one is for app publishers. And what's happening is that Facebook is coming out with a revenue optimization tool. So what that means is they're, they're giving advertisers exam, or sorry, they're giving app developers an opportunity to tell them how they want to monetize that app. And they're calling it the CPM target. So previously what app developers did is they set a floor for the minimum amount that they would be willing to uh, ask for, for a thousand people to view an ad. Right. So that was just like kind of a bottom line thing. And what the Facebook network did was it played near that bottom. So Facebook understands that people who want to have an opportunity to monetize a little bit more, to set a higher rate that they're wanting to acquire for serving up ads, they're now giving them the option to do it. So in the example of the update from um, Adweek and over on the developer side of the platform, um, they're showing examples where you know revenue can be 2 x when you say we want a higher target CPM. Now, and it's a little bit confusing mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with that language, but essentially what's going to happen is if you say I'm targeting a CPM of $5, but my ad bid floor is $2, if you choose to target and try and get a little bit more advertiser revenue out of that, Facebook's going to find the people in their ad platform who are bidding at higher amounts to serve up on the app. And so what's going to happen is sometimes they'll be able to fulfill that. Sometimes they'll find people a little bit higher who are spending a little bit more or bidding a little bit harder for their ads. And then sometimes they'll find people under that threshold. But if you're trying to target a higher CPM, what's going to happen is there might not be inventory to always have an ad served up in that spot. So it's kind of like this catch-22 right now for app developers. However, at the end of the day, it is giving them more choice to monetize their platform. And that's what's important for the advertisers is to be able to say, do I want to go after cheaper impressions and make sure that my ad space is constantly filled? Or would I like to bid for something a little bit higher, which could bring me more revenue, or it could leave that spot open more often? Does that make sense for you guys? Yes. Perfect sense. All right. So fantastic job breaking that down. Thank you. Yeah. Again, 
everyone can come back now once you've done your share, your emoji yeah. apps. Uh, we're back onto the user side of things. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Well, Amanda, thanks for breaking that all down. And we'd love to let you know, have you let people know where can they find you? Well, you can come on over to my Facebook page. I'm Bond and I'm owner of The Ad Strategist. We help people stop guessing and start getting results with Facebook ads. So come on over to the page uh, at facebook.com slash The Ad Strategist. Awesome. Amanda, thanks for being here. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. See ya. All right. So that closes out our first two segments. Before we move on, I want to remind you again that this show is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World. Check it out at smmw18.com. So let's move into something that's somewhat of an extended mention. And I think it fits pretty well in with uh, the stuff that we've already been talking about here today, uh, whether it's desktop, whether it's Facebook, whether it's ads whether it's video, whether it's stories, it's all kind of melded together. Uh, Facebook very recently, in fact, just a day or so ago, came out with, and, and look past the headline here to what this really is. The headline is, Facebook, here's simple ways to adapt your TV commercial to Facebook and Instagram. However, when you really dig in to this article, which again, you can find the show notes for this episode at socialmediaexaminer.com on Saturday, every Saturday, there will, we will have the link there for this article. But when you start to go through this article, Facebook is talking about raising the bar on your mobile video creativity. So what they've done here is they are showing side by side in Facebook what it looks like to see a regular TV ad, a TV ad that's mobile optimized, and then also one that's uh, square. And there's some pretty distinct differences, Kim. Did you notice these? Yeah, I did. And I I think it's really instructive to be able to look at this and to notice how important it is to really get your point across very, very, very early in the ad. And in this article, it really shows you how important it is. And it tells you how important it is to get your message across in what the first three seconds, mm -hmm. did they say in the, in the ad? Yeah. One of the things that they really, uh, bring home is the fact that TV, you've got 30 seconds. And even then we we used to think that was a small amount of time. Now right. you've got like 10, maybe seconds on mobile. And mm -hmm. uh, what they want to say is, is first and foremost, uh, include your brand early. Don't set the context. Don't give a story that's long and tells about this thing that happens and then something else. And then, you know, at the end, uh, you know, insert your brand. They, they're saying that branding is more than a logo. They want you to think about, you know, your color, your font, your aesthetic, and to reinforce it. And, and in other words, set the scene quickly. And so there's there's some different uh, in this article, there's some different uh, ways they do this. They give an example with uh, Red Bull. They give an example with Bose headphones. And it's pretty striking the almost psychological difference that you get when you uh, watch some of the sample videos they have in there when they're showing on one video. And there's two, basically side by side, one to two to three different mobile phone setups in the video as a screen. And you can see as you watch it, the difference between all three of them and how you kind of gravitate to want to, even though this is on a desktop, if you're watching it on a desktop, 
you gravitate towards this quicker, bigger square video type right. of quick cuts and bringing you in. In other words, it's immersive and it's more uh, – it, in other words, it works better that way in terms of mobile. So that goes back to you know even what we were talking about earlier with stories and all of that. Um, I believe there's probably a couple more uh, pieces that are, are interesting here. But they, they even talk about cropping and ratios and how that's all uh, – you know what, what are the benefits of doing some of these shorter spots that are cropped uh, – in certain ways or have different ratios for mobile video. It's really, I mean, it, again, you look past the, the headline of, uh, simple ways to adapt your TV commercials for Facebook and Instagram and just reword it in your brain and say, Hey, here's Facebook telling you how to do better video on Facebook and Instagram. Right. And you know, what it's amazing to me is being able to get what was, you know, prior a a 60 second commercial down into six seconds that takes some creativity but they're talking about the success that they're finding with that that some of these commercials now that are down to pared down to six seconds are actually more effective than the long 60 and 30 second commercials on tv yeah and so i think it has to do with it's it's optimized for mobile and so many people are viewing there so we really need to as marketers get this under our belts so yeah. yeah Yeah. So next up in our news, uh, Facebook is testing badges for group admins. So this is something that we uh, came across and and basically Facebook is testing uh, the addition of badges under the names of group administrators. So it will – this is really cool actually. I think this is great because if you're an admin in any type of Facebook group, having that – uh, adding that context to your name as you're commenting or posting that people know, oh, that's somebody who's in charge in here. That can be very helpful. I think a lot of uh, social media marketers who are uh, managing groups are going to love this feature. So, well, I think I think it's nice because it gives it gives the administrator a bit of authority, yes. and also it gives it gives the the members of the group they know who to go to. Yeah, and they and and you know it's an additional resource for them. So I think that's a great addition. Okay, so we have a bit of Pinterest news here. Um, Pinterest has rolled out a very small but very helpful new improvement to its app by adding the search toolbar and lens camera feature on the home feed. So now it's very prominent. Now instead of having to open the Explore tab to search for ideas to try, you just simply type what you're looking for into the new search bar at the top of your home feed. And you also have the lens camera right there at the ready. So when you spot something out in the world that looks interesting, you can just tap the lens, snap a photo, and find related ideas. Very cool. So this this is coming soon to Android, but it's available right now on iOS. Sorry, Android. <laughs> uh, something that we found in the wild, courtesy of Michael Stelzner, is Facebook is now showing news feed and notification alerts for charitable donations. So – you know, this may come in handy if you're a non-for-profit and you want to help spread the word and have others spread the word for you that they've donated. Uh, another piece of information in the wild that we found is Facebook is rolling out interactive greetings for posts and comments for selected users. Now, I could not get this to work. Uh, and so I was like, I'm, I'm kind of 
I don't understand what's going on. And so the, the gist here is Michael Stelzner made a Facebook post and I believe he found it from somebody else, but when he made a Facebook post and he put, okay, try putting the words congrats in a comment and watch what happens. Now, many people were typing in the word and then they would say nothing happened. Others were typing it in. And then what they were seeing was balloons and confetti showing up when they typed that. And in, you know, I think that this is interesting. And even the word congrats was uh, highlighted and it stood out. Right. And it's a hyperlink. I mean, it's not a hyperlink, but it's, it's an, I would call it an active link that when you click on it, it, it creates that effect also. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's really cute. It's same with the, the XL where you click on the XL and it creates all those hearts. My question is, is at what point does Facebook become MySpace for real? Oh, did MySpace do I, that? I, I don't know, remember. but this may, I mean, just the, the yeah. messiness and the yeah. noisiness in the newsfeed with this and the other pieces with the, you know, the, the solid blocks of color or backgrounds with text over them that now, as I've seen, as you're scrolling past them sometimes in, in uh, mobile, the words yeah. aren't there and then they pop up and I'm like, oh, okay, we're taking it a step further. Uh, but apparently, <laughs> apparently also sending X's and O's gives bursts of red hearts. So yes. apparently this is apparently this is uh, not available for all users, but is is showing up in groups and in pages. Well, it's kind of like the Google Easter eggs, right? So these are little True. things that now when you type them, you never know when a surprise is going to end up in your newsfeed. Good call. <laughs> okay, so next here. Oh, I love this. This okay, I love this news. This is really cool. So Google has announced an update to its image search engine that highlights what else you can discover in a single tap of an image. And I'm going to describe this for our audio podcast listeners. Yay. This is really neat. This, when you do an image search now, when you see an image in the, the bottom left-hand corner, they have little image tags now that tell you if there's something special about that image, like if it is a recipe or if it's a video or if it is maybe a GIF or a product. So now when you click on the image, you are going to get some surprise. You're going to actually know what type of of image it is, if it's going to lead you to a recipe or um, maybe a, a shoppable image or a GIF or whatever. And so it's, it's really pretty, it's pretty neat. And this particular in this particular animated GIF we're showing here, we just see a, a variety of different images of cupcakes. And some one of the cupcakes shows the little um, marked up image that says recipe. And another one, I believe, shows video or it shows like a little video tag with a how long the video the video actually is. So when you click on the recipe one, it brings up the actual recipe for the cupcakes. Oh, very cool. And so. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And the important thing to note about this is if you're familiar with website design or coding or anything like that, you'll know that um, you can add markup to your website. So Google is recommending that um, you add the markup, product markup to your for shopping sites and video markup for your videos and recipe markup if you have pages with recipes on it. So be sure to add that markup to your sites so that Google will automatically identify and put these because you can't, 
ask to get this stuff added to your images. Google's doing it automatically. Very cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Twitter has announced a private beta for amplifying brand tweets. Now, what this is, is, is basically it's a private beta test for a program that enables brands to automatically promote all their tweets for $99 a month. Now, by all, I don't mean uh, all of them. If you, you know, you'd pay your $99 and then tweet like crazy. So they'd all be seen. It's they're asking brands to participate and tweet as they normally do. And then Twitter will automatically amplify some of those tweets. So there's not exactly a, a, a specific, uh, a specificity there, but uh, brands will not be permitted to select which tweets will be promoted and targeted. And it's limited to interest categories or certain regions. So this is interesting. It's an interesting move by Twitter. Not sure that a lot of people are going to go for it, but uh, maybe some might really find this you know, interesting and say, hey, I'll pay $99 because that's cheaper than it would have been for some people to promote even just one tweet, so to speak, you know? I think that I would do it. Yeah. I mean, I for $99, it seems worth it to me. I don't know. I think this it might be a bargain for some brands. Yeah. And, and I think, hey, what if you're not tweeting 10 tweets a day, <laughs> you know, then maybe will you get uh, – I mean, again, that that's – some people are saying, well, I don't like this because I don't get to choose which tweets. Well, technically you do if you mm-hmm. only – if you tweet fewer times a day like right. I've been trying to tell people – because of mm-hmm. the algorithm, we we here exactly. at Social Media Examiner have seen, uh, you know, better results because we're not in terms of engagement because we're not tweeting three to four times a day with the f- one new article, and so then all that engagement goes onto that first tweet, not spread out across the day. So we'll see. Which, by the way, is the same thing that we do on the Facebook exactly. page, which is what Mike talked about at Social Media Marketing World in his opening keynote. Yep. So. Great stuff yeah. that people learn. Speaking of the newsfeed algorithm on Facebook. Oh, yes. Okay. So <laughs> back to focus. Okay. So Facebook has announced upcoming changes to the newsfeed algorithm that's going to give preference to links that are expected to load quickly on mobile over links that might load slowly. And so they've also gone ahead and given some best practices that will help people's pages load faster. So I'm going to go through and and mention a few of these best practices. Um, A lot of these are really kind of common sense, really, but um, minimize landing page redirects and plugins and link shorteners. Compress files. Like if you have these big image files, compress them so that they load faster on mobile. Um, Improve server response time by, uh, if you have a big site and, and you're utilize multi-region hosting, um, remove render blocking JavaScript, uh, basically just do what you can to make your site much faster. And Facebook's going to reward you by serving up more of your, your posts. Right. Very cool. Uh, Facebook has also been reportedly, I hate that word, but I'm using it, developing a video (laughs) chat device and a smart speaker with a touchscreen. So I imagine this is going to be a lot like the Amazon, uh, whatever that new screen thing is. I forget. We've talked about it recently. Uh, yeah, cause I'm not 
deep into the, the whole Amazon culture thing. But basically the Amazon A-L-E-X-A device that has a screen. <laughs> See what I did there? And uh, yeah, it, it's a standalone device that will be a new phase of Facebook's hardware uh, ambitions. Facebook doesn't really have a lot of hardware out there other than you know the VR stuff. And you will be able to interact. And again, they're, they're, they're saying that this is going to come out uh, or be announced at next year's F8. Well, that's a long way off. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we've got some Instagram stats and actually Jeff went over a lot of these in his segment, but yeah. I will just go over them again. But um, so within a year of its debut, Instagram stories now boasts and rightly so, more than 250 million daily users, and that surpasses Snapchat's reported 166 million daily users. So go Instagram. And Instagram also announced that Stories has helped increase the amount of time people spend on Instagram. And I know that's true because my kids are on it constantly. But um And this is especially true among users under the age of 25 who spend more than 32 minutes a day on Instagram on average. And 20 people that are 25 and older spend more than 24 minutes a day using Instagram stories. And that's actually more than Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat, yes. (laughs) That was a total accident. I meant to say Snapchat. Snapchat. Wow, Snapchat well, usage. Wow. <laughs> so speaking of Snapchat, uh, Snapchat yes. is expanding their third-party measurement partners. So they are adding in uh, Newstar, MarketShare, Nielsen, analytic partners, and marketing management analytics. They're going to be joining Snapchat's uh, 15 existing measurement partners. So I think that's one of the things people have been wanting out of Snapchat is, hey, how can we measure you? So hopefully this works for them. Well, YouTube has announced plans to completely shut down the video editor and the photo slideshow tools on September 20th. So that's going to give creators two months to finalize any video projects. Now, when I first read this, I thought, oh, no, they're shutting down the video editor. Um, This isn't as dire as it seems because this is not the video enhancement feature that you can use in Video Manager. This is something different. So really this the only people this is going to really affect are the people that use this separate video editor really like with Chromebooks. So when you upload your videos through Video Manager and you use those enhancements, that that part's not going to be affected. You can still, you know, trim your video and blur it and use the filters and stuff. So this is really just kind of going to affect people that have a Chromebook and use this separate video editor. Okay. So that is going to shut down this September 20th. Cool. Uh, our final bit of news, Giphy begins testing sponsored gifts. So I under, I didn't understand what this meant at first until I really had to reread it. But what I understood now is that when you're going to search for a GIF on Giphy, basically you could have sponsored gifts there. Like Starbucks could have a, uh, you know, a, um, a coffee pouring or different things that would show up. So, uh, specific brand, you know, brands, based on certain reactions or certain searches would then show up in your, um, you know, in other words, yeah, yeah. Anyway, like, so for example, like you could have, uh, if you're looking for cheers, uh, you could like the cheers, um, 
you know, if, if, if you're responding as a GIF and you want to say cheers, well, now it could be two Budweiser beers and, you know, so it's branded. So it comes and you pay to, they, they would have that, they would pay for that to, to show up. Anyway, I'm mincing my words here, but uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I hadn't thought about branding in GIFs, but I guess advertising, advertising is creeping in everywhere. So. And I think it's kind of brilliant. I, 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 think that's I do think it's brilliant. I do. I just hadn't out. thought about that being a thing. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, then again, I wouldn't technically mind using a sponsored one if it gets the mm-hmm. point across. So who knows? And think of the quality of the gifts. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because yeah. gifts aren't always of the highest quality. So, mm-hmm. well, you can stay on top of this and every other social media marketing news and tip, trick, tactic. Uh, all of that at Social Media Marketing World. You can go find out more at Social Media Marketing World 18. And uh, yeah, check out social our Social Media Marketing Talk Show Recap, publishing every Saturday, socialmediaexaminer.com. You'll find all the links and all the notes of everything we talked about today in this episode. Make sure to go over to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, your audio podcasting tool of choice and subscribe to this show there. New episodes are going to show up for you every Monday, and you can listen and get caught up quickly on your commute, your walk, whatever, however you best listen to podcasts. Our next show is going to be Friday, August 11th, 2017 at 10 a.m. Pacific, and you can get this show and join us live on your calendar socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. You can then get this on your calendar and it will be there for you so that you will be reminded to join us every week. We love bringing this show to you. We'd love for you to subscribe to this on Facebook or hit share there if you're watching it. Again, all the different places we've just listed. Again, thank you for joining us and uh, we've had a great time. So thanks everybody and we will see you next episode. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, Hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.